it's an aha moment. It's one of those moments you're like, oh, you have those like with yourself, you know, when you learn something about yourself that just didn't quite make sense. You're not sure why you act a certain way. And all of a sudden it's like life just kind of hits you in the forehead. That's today's episode for me with a dating disaster and why literally all these dating disasters could be because of me. Ah. Hi, my name's Kramer and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. Not just any mama's boy, you're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. Welcome to the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast, man. We've almost done 100 episodes of this show between more mama's boy episodes and uh, the weekend shows and everything else. And we're just glad to have you here. Thank you so much for checking out our show. If this is your first time or your literally almost 100th time, appreciate you so much. Uh, it's a show I do with my mom because she's got the best words of wisdom. And we start every show by talking to her. Hi, Mom. Hi, honey. I want to play this to start the show off. It's a question that we asked yesterday that I had to do a little bit of research on because uh, my mom is 67 years old. And I was wondering, is she the oldest podcaster on the planet? <laughs> because it's pretty <laughs> oh, old to have your own podcast, right? <laughs> so... I, well, I wouldn't say it's my own podcast. Well, I, I will say as a podcaster, I'll consider you a podcaster. Okay. And you are, because you're not a guest, you're a host. And yes. so I, I'm i trying to figure out who's the oldest one out there. Because I don't, I don't know of a lot of people in their senior years that are podcasting, right? <laughs> so I'm friends in this podcast it's called the Podcast Movement on Facebook. There's about 40,000 people in there that are all doing podcasts. And so I just put it up there last night after we recorded. I said, I'm trying to figure out if my mom is the oldest podcaster on the planet. <laughs> and uh, you're you're definitely up there. But there is a story of a woman I want to introduce everything to. I think this is crazy. There's a woman whose name is Ida uh, Schuster. Ida Schuster. She is 101 years no old. No way. And she is a podcaster here. Here's her story. Listen to this. Okay. Ida Schuster was born during the First World War. Press it now. Press it now. I am Ida Schuster. This is my podcast, Old School. She's 101, and it's a little bit harder for her to get out and about these days, so she decided now is the time to start her own podcast. What's in it for you? Is it therapeutic? Just that I'm still alive at 101, I suppose. <laughs> Do my best. <laughs> I've sort of moved into oblivion. And what you've said is, here, take my hand. This is us from the 21st century. Hello. And that's what I'm saying, hello. Is that what the podcast is doing? I think so. I'm the 20th century saying hello and the best of luck. By God, you need it. <laughs> Ida has a lot to talk about. A Jewish girl who helped fight Hitler. This has given Ida a new lease of life. It's all terribly gratifying. You make an old woman very happy, so you so do. There you go. So, yeah, 101 years old, and wow. Ida is still out there producing podcasts. I don't know how often she posts, um, but it's her wow. podcast, I think, is called Old School. And oh. uh, she's out there doing it. So, you are not, you're nowhere near the world's oldest. Oh, that's a challenge. I'll have to try to live up to that. I mean, if Ida at 101 years old can figure out how to record her podcast, I don't think that we at 67 years old should be having as many technical issues as we're having. (laughs) If Ida's our new standard of what what it's like, then I don't feel like it should... Uh, it should be be this hard. She must have a good son to help her. <laughs> yeah, somebody, mm-hmm. I hope. 
Because mm-hmm, she I said, hope. all you do is press this button and you're off. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I try to keep it as easy as I can for my mom to figure out. It's okay. It's not here. And, but yeah, you, but you've really come a long way. You, like you record your own Sunday shows. It's pretty mm. impressive, right? So mm, thank you. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Uh, I'm honestly just a, a moment of honesty here. I'm a little bit worried about you right now. And I'm sure it's like the same freak out that everybody goes through. We've been going through now for what, three mm-hmm. or four months now. Every time you feel like a tickle in your throat, mm-hmm. everybody assumes that you have coronavirus, but mm-hmm. I, uh, you've not felt well for the last couple of days. Right. Yeah. Have, but I haven't slept well and I've had a scratchy throat. My throat today is more sore than scratchy. I feel a little bit achy, but that could be because I haven't felt well. I didn't feel like taking, you know, our morning walk this morning. I just thought, no, I need to rest and take care of myself. I don't have a fever. I do have a runny nose. But here's the thing. Keisha Lance Bottoms, you know, mayor of Atlanta, Mm -hmm. she and her husband both have COVID. And um, she was on... TV today, and they were asking her how she was doing. And she said, well, really, the only thing that's going on is a sore throat and a runny nose. Oh, no. So now it's like in your head. And I'm like, uh-oh. That's when mm-hmm. I started thinking about it. I have a sore well, throat and a runny nose. So How have you been doing with, with quarantining? Have you been around more people? No, not really. I mean, and when I am, you know, we social distance. All mm-hmm. the kids were here except you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's definitely not my fault if it happens. Oh, it's not anyone's fault. <laughs> um, you know, I have gone to the grocery store inside the grocery store a couple of times last week, um, but I'm always careful there and uh, wear my mask and stay back. And you know, I think I'm very cautious, but you know, you just never know, right? So. Um, uh, we were we were just talking before we started recording just about how everyone's kind of acting. I saw yesterday that you know the numbers are obviously spiking in my neighborhood alone. They're up about one hundred and sixty percent. I think it went from like nineteen to like I forget how many cases, maybe uh, fifty sixty cases. Yeah. That's just in my neighborhood alone, uh, mm. my zip code. So oh. I. Uh, everyone and, and I get it, and I can see it when I go out. Like everyone's just getting more lax. I'm getting invited to a lot more things nowadays. Right. Come hang out, come do this, come do that, and I'm trying to be as good as I can with it because I just I mm-hmm. uh, I'm the kind of person that is if, if it can't happen, it will happen. So I'm like I don't even want to. Uh, uh-uh, nope, <laughs> nope. I don't want to mess with this. I don't want to deal with this. Not today. Um, well, but we were talking though because you know. Life is still going on mm-hmm. and we try to do the best with it. And you didn't, you weren't here a couple of weeks ago. Um, my uncle, my mom's brother passed away. Mm-hmm. And so the big question now has been, you know, what are you supposed to do about a funeral? Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're supposed to stay socially distant. Like, how does that look? So you've, you've kind of come to a conclusion, mom, on, on what you want to do. I have. I, um, I let my sister-in-law know today that I'm not coming. Um, I, I definitely have mixed emotions about it because I'm the only surviving family member, but I don't think I should be putting myself and my family at risk, um, especially your dad, you know, right. who's compromised because of cancer. Um, 
to go to a funeral, and I believe my brother would have been okay with that decision, and I'm sure my sister-in-law will be too. So, Yeah. Um, even though as a personal, for, like, for you personally, not even thinking about how it's going to be for everybody else, but how does that feel that you know that you're not going to be able to go to your brother's funeral? Mm, that feels sad. Yeah. You know, it feels sad that I can't be there, you know, with all of his family and friends and, you know, people that I would enjoy knowing and hearing from and, you know. Right. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a celebration of life and um, it's usually very uplifting and it's fun to talk about old times and other times and meet people that you didn't know that were significant in their lives. Yeah, I mean it's um it's a different kind of sorrow, but I think that's the thing. We have to make really tough calls during this pandemic. Right. Um, and some are more challenging than others. You know, our shag group is dancing again. Well, really? Yes. They started two weeks ago, and there's wow, no. Wow, that's so. That's really quick. That's a dance, like a little like, old person dance group that my <laughs> parents do. Right. Um, but how many people are typically there before? Um, I think the last week there were maybe fifteen plus, and the week before that maybe twenty. Um, An average all, age there is what? Oh, seventy. I would say seventy. Yeah. Um, is the average age. And, you know, you have to sign up online so they can keep it under 50 um, right. people. But, you know, now I don't know what will happen because, you know, the mayor of Atlanta is now saying that she wants everyone to wear masks and the governor of Georgia is sort of leaving it up to people's discretion. It's just mm -hmm. so confusing. It's just so confusing. Well, that's what kind of what I'm trying to balance too is I, cause I'm, I'm okay. Like as an introvert, I'm fine with being by myself. That's, that's not the part that it's like, it's actually kind of nice to not have the social pressure of having to hang out with people. Um, but I, the part that's hard for me right now is, you know, I'm looking at jobs and there's some jobs in other cities outside of San Diego where I am trying to like, like I'm, I'm definitely not going to take a job in a city sight unseen. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to look at opportunities, and obviously I'm going to have to fly. So I haven't gone anywhere yet, but it's going to be have to be a, a have to fly somewhere right. and go be you know uh, go check out the city and be around people. There's not really much of an option mm -hmm. uh, but to do that. And there's some people that just don't give a shit anymore. Honestly, they just they just are kind of like, well, it's fine. I you know. know, it's not a big deal. And, and you know, younger people, we don't have to worry about it as much. But then when my, my mom tells me she's got, you know, these symptoms of not feeling great, that's when I'm just kind of like, oh, come on, guys. Like, mm -hmm. let's just stay home. Just stay home and just the, the more we can stay, even if you not stay home, but just stay distant, wear a mask, just do the right. things that. Wash your hands. You know, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Just that's do it. the, just do the basics so that we can all get through this hard decisions. I get it. And even harder if you're parents. So God bless all of you parents who are it's making hard. decisions for your little ones and it's your older hard. ones. You know, teens must be going crazy. Yeah. But, you know, we've got to all do the best we can or we'll never get through this. Are you going to get a test? I think so. Yeah. I mean, what harm is there? You know, and I'll be a little more careful around 
your dad, um, sure. you know, until I know something. But yeah, right. I think there's no harm. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm worried about you. Um, can we – let's go ahead and get to our quote because i got to get a busy show today. So what's okay. our what's our quote for today? Okay. So this relates to, you know, yesterday's show when we were talking about your marriage and divorce and how, you know, you were had moved on from that. Um, and it says, being stuck in the past is like walking forward with the back facing the front. You'll always miss out on what's in front of you. Man, and I am – who did that quote? It's unknown. Oh. That sucks, by the way. That'd be suck to say something really profound and never in the history of time <laughs> know who said it. And get credit for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I need, to, I need to start documenting everything I say just in case I say something really profound. And then like later on, they're like, we're not quite sure who said this. And I'm like, I, like from, from the grave, be like, I said that. Right. Steve that was Kramer. Right. Yeah, that was me. Exactly. I said that. That sucks. Um, I, I'm struggling with that concept right now. Uh, just to be, to be completely honest with you. And I've, we've, we've talked a lot about work and everything on here and I'm, you know, I, I didn't expect to love this podcast as much as I do. I didn't really come into it. I, you know, I kind of came into it half-assed being like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't mean, me, 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 me. But I really have, <laughs> have grown to love building this podcast and this, you know, family. We've really created a cool little family yes. here. And it feels really good. It kind of feels like I always wanted to when I was getting into radio. And when I first started in radio, before it became so corporate and so... Uh, mandated this and that and promote this and don't say this and do say that and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, since then I, you know, I radio jobs are starting to appear more often and I am, I, there's so uh, as much as I've hated a lot of things in the last two and a half years that have been going on in my life. Uh, I've really grown to love this city, which is like mm -hmm. the first time I can say that. Like when I left Panama City, Florida, I was ready to go. When I left Savannah, Georgia, I was ready to go. Mm -hmm. When I left uh, Tampa, I was actually I kind of I kind of liked living in Tampa. That was hard. Phoenix, though, I was ready to go. San Diego, I really genuinely have just fallen in love with the oh, town. Yeah, and and made you know made great friends and mm -hmm. uh, I it it felt like it it feels like it's the only constant that I've had in my life for, you know, the, the last couple of years, everything else has kind of been, has gone away. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's some comfort in, in being here. It's, it's familiar since everything else is so unfamiliar. It's like the last thing that I have a familiarity mm -hmm. in my life right now. So as I'm looking at jobs and as they're popping up, I'm really having a hard time uh, getting over the notion as, as cool as the opportunities are, Leaving San Diego is going to be – it's it's not going to be those things like, whoa, thank God that's over. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be really, really tough. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm trying not to get stuck in that pattern though of being just comfortable mm -hmm. because there could obviously be some really cool opportunities out there for me that I'm scared to jump at because it just feels so comfortable here. Mm -hmm. But then how do you balance that, mom – with the idea of like having some roots somewhere and like settling down. And, you know, when you brought that quote up today, I was like, damn, that's a, that's a big one. Yeah. Well, you know, wherever you go, there you are, right? You take yourself, right. you take yourself 
and all that you are and including your baggage with you. Um, so I think, you, you know, you have to know that you'll be okay no matter where you are if you're okay with you. Mm-hmm. You're okay with you. I mean, there are friends everywhere. There are wonderful places to live everywhere. Um, but you just need to be okay with you and who you are. And the right people will come. The right house will come. And, you know, I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be right. fine. Yep. Well, uh, that's all I can do. Pick it up and look towards the future and just mm-hmm. kind of figure. I, I was actually just talking to this guy that's, uh, he's in radio and he's, um, he's kind of doing his own thing though. He's like, he does like a syndicated show. He, he just produces himself. Mm-hmm. And we're just talking about how it is. So the whole thing has been so crazy trying to he, you know, he got let go too and said, I'm just going to do it myself. And I feel like I'm kind of in that same spot too, where I'm just like, you, one thing that we said that I just want to make sure is really articulate on this podcast is like you appreciate every win so much more. Mm-hmm. Like every single certified fan that comes in, every yes. single, um, every, every, every download to me is just it, it's such a sense of accomplishment. Yes. Uh, when you're doing your own thing. So this whole project has been such a, and I'm just so grateful for it. You know, I try mm-hmm. to just, show my appreciation as many ways as I can because I am so grateful that people have just kind of hopped on this and, and you've been so supportive in it. So it's speaking of which, fest. it is, it is. <laughs> and what a, what a nice transition uh, for us to get into. I didn't really didn't plan that uh, into our certified fans for today. So certified fans, in case you're new, are people that have supported the podcast with a $5 monthly donation. And it really does help grow this, this dream and this passion that we have for the show. And, um, I'm trying to make sure, in case you're new, like these whoop whoops get out of control in case we left <laughs> people off. And I know we have, so I'm sorry. Like I'm trying my best to, to get it done. So to those people, I want to say hi and thank you to uh, Laura R. from Chula Vista. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Kara Sanchez <laughs> from Chula Vista. Whoop, whoop. And Christina Albert from Santee, California. All of my San Diego people, thank you. Whoop. And yes. the best part is if you don't get your whoop whoop, then you just go on the Facebook page, <laughs> page and then bring it up every day until we get to it. Because we, you know, the squeaky, squeaky wheel gets the oil. So please don't mm-hmm. let us forget about you, Mom. I know you've got a couple more. I do. Gabriella C. Whoop mm-hmm. whoop. And Sarah S. Whoop whoop. And to my friend, your friend in Chicago that was messaging him with me today. You need to be a certified mama's boy fan and get, <laughs> get on our Facebook page <laughs> to keep up and get the recognition. Somebody tried to hit my mom now. up on the side and say, can I get a whoop whoop for free? No, no, no. You got to become a certified fan. These whoop whoops don't come for free, okay? You got to no, work for them. He didn't want a whoop whoop, but he didn't want me to shout out. <laughs> he didn't want me to give him a shout out. So you know who you are and we know who you are. So we'll be looking for you to join very soon. That's funny. Well, I, I'm worried about you. So can you buy, because we'll record the next episode on Sunday. So can you, okay. uh, can you have a COVID test by then? Cause I'm, I'm worried about you. I will. All right. I well, will. other than that, have a great weekend and I will talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Love you forever. 
And when we get back, I think I finally figured out why I could possibly be the dating disaster. It's taken me two years to realize this dating flaw. I want to see if you agree with it next on the Certified Mama's Boy podcast and dating disasters. Big show coming up on Monday. My friend Holly is going to join the show. You know, Holly that I used to do the radio show with in Panama City. We're going to talk about a time that we fake killed off somebody. It's terrible. It's a terrible story. Uh, but it's up with Monday Cheese May. Give you the whole story, the truth behind it. Uh, that's be on Monday's show, so hopefully you'll come back and you'll listen to that. Fridays, though, we do dating disasters. And uh, it's really, it's going to have to start morphing over the next couple of weeks because I am running out of like bad dating stories. I only dated for six months. And I think I've told you like the the crux of the of the situation. There's not really a ton of like really juicy. I have to think through, but I don't think there's many like crazy dating stories left. Um, but I, wow, what a breakthrough moment that I had that I wanted to share with you because I realized that when I look back over all of the situations that were dating disasters, I, I, it could, it, well, it probably was based on the fact of me being so noncommittal in the first place, right? Like I've been sitting here like, oh, this woman lied or she did this. Well, did they feel they had to do that because of the way that I've been so noncommittal with the whole situation? So today, you're also going to see that there's a more Mama's Boy episode with my good friend Ellen. Ellen is uh, Ellen Taylor is a, a radio personality uh, that I met back in 20. 20- 14 or 13 that I'm just, I'm happy to call a friend. She works up in Seattle and she had, she's had a really crazy 2022. Uh, and, uh, more, you, you need to go listen to her story because she's really, we, we both just try to talk about how, how you shift in this time of, Holy crap. Uh, what are you supposed to do now? We, everything is out of our control. So what's next? And she's got a good perspective on it. I love Ellen. Um, but when we started talking, we started talking about dating a little bit, and we, we kind of got into why I want to be so casual with everything. And she, I think she nailed it. So it, am, I, am I the dating disaster because of this alone? Listen to a clip from the More Mama's Boy episode. I would not want to date anybody that was in the media. Like, and I don't know, I don't want anybody that has any kind of notoriety. I don't want anybody, you know, my ex-wife had a, uh, a blog and she wrote for a, a fashion magazine. And even to me, it's like, I can only, I can be the only star in this family. Like we can't have two stars in this family And, and call me, call me selfish. Call me like it's, it needs to be all about me. But I think I've, if you listen to my show long enough, you you hear my mom. And it's always about me. So so I think that's like the mentality that I've had is that I I don't want to date. I literally have a joke that if you have more than five hundred Instagram followers, I probably don't want to date you. Are you kidding? Please tell me I, that's like a joke. I'm that's serious. just like what you say for funsies or to get a ride no. out of people because you don't really mean that, do you? No, I I literally mean that. I literally mean if you have you have. That and maybe that's my own weird insecurity here. Oh, but yeah, if, if you like, if I let's just say we're talking or whatever, or someone's like, "Hey, meet my friend," and they have like, because uh, like, El- like Ellen's beautiful. Let's just let's take you for example. Let's say if I were to log on to your Instagram, yeah, and we would never I were to date see- because I have a blue check. <laughs> we would never date. No. T- I, I would literally, I'd see how many followers you had and they, your blue check, and I'd be like, no, like there's no. I would literally cut you off right there before I'd even give you a chance. Now okay, you diagnose that, Dr. Ellen. 
Yeah, you you diagnose that for me right now. Where do you think that mindset comes from? Why do you think I'm intimidated to date somebody or why am I not interested in dating somebody that may have uh, a big follow? They don't have to be famous, but like if you're if you've got like 2000 people following you, I'm already kind of turned off by that. Why? I know I know why. And I I think you know why too and I just don't know whether or not you would admit it because you're the radio guy, but <laughs> no, you are and, and you and I know each other. You and I have built a friendship outside of radio. Um and stop me like we need a safe word if I'm saying too much, but no, I think I think you lack self-confidence and I think you yeah. say that you don't want to date anyone that's got more than 500 followers because at that point you feel like, well, am I good enough for them? Ooh, I mean, I've never literally thought of it, but I, I don't think you're wrong at all about that. You're probably 100% right. Like, say well, it again. If there's all if, <laughs> if there's already all these other people out there, like, am I like if I'm competing against 2000 other people, like, how, how do I know that they just don't want to be with somebody else? Wow. This got really deep in the first the first few minutes of the of the podcast here. This is where you and I are a lot alike. We're both self-sabotagers in very different ways, but and it, so it's easy to diagnose it in someone else diagnose like I'm a doctor or something. But um it's very easy to see in somebody else because I tend to do the same thing but in a different way. It's protecting yourself, Kramer. That's exactly yeah. what it comes down to, especially someone who's been through what you've been through, particularly the past couple of years, your heart has been hurt. So it's natural to want to protect yourself, just like it's natural to want to find a partner and have love. It's also that, um, you know, fight or flight thing. And you just decide that you're going to flee and your stupid excuses. Well, she has more than 500 followers on Instagram. <laughs> hey, man, whatever helps you sleep at night, bro. <laughs> well, I think you're right, though, in the sense of it does seem more safe, right? There's somebody that, that doesn't have as many. Wow, this is deep. This is some deep seated stuff I've never really thought through before. Like, that's but really is it more safe. Is it more safe though? Like... No, nothing safe. Nothing safe. But I think when you go through a divorce, you literally before you put your like you literally just like get in the kiddie pool, right? And you just kind of put your toes in, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, is this okay? Is this okay? Okay, this is fine. Let me go just a little bit deeper now. I think anybody that goes through a heartbreak, right? I mean, this is my first obviously big breakup, and so I think that I am am trying to avoid any type of. It's the same thing of why I always say like I just wanted to casually date for so long because if I casually date a lot of different people, then nobody can really hurt me that bad. There's already somebody else in the wings that can if, – if one goes away, well, it's fine because I still got somebody else over here. I – Totally understand where you're coming from. Whereas for me, I'm very loyal. Like I'm probably, I give my loyalty to someone way too early. Like if we talk once or twice, I'll be like, all right, cool. I'm going to focus 100% on this one person. I don't tell him that because he doesn't need to know that I've got, you know, him in the crosshairs. Um, right. I want him to think that I'm playing the field. But this is where, which is worse, comes up. You gave your heart away. You were vulnerable and it got broke and it sucks and it hurts. I 
never did. I've never been married. I've never been engaged. And a lot of times people are like, well, that's weird. Why not? What's wrong with you? And it's because I've never let myself be vulnerable. I've never let myself get to a point, let someone in close enough to hurt me. And I blinked and I turned 35. So which is worse, going through it, being vulnerable, having those memories, but also having the memory of, oh my gosh, this pain or never knowing that pain or the happiness. Oh, no, it's definitely mine. So now that you've heard enough dating disasters over the last couple of weeks, especially that the girls are liar situations, was it all based on you think me not wanting to commit in the first place? You know, I don't know. It's dating is weird. It's still so weird to me. It's still so new and so foreign. Uh, so anyway, uh, the whole interview with Ellen is up on a separate podcast. I think you're really going to like her. She's just a good friend of mine. So go check that out. And now let's get some good news. Two good news stories all based around race today. Um, we'll start in, um, Georgia, there is a guy whose name is Christopher Buckley. He used to be a national security leader for the KKK, but now he's using his time to spread compassion and racial understanding. He says that he first developed these racial attitudes because of a rough childhood growing up in Cleveland, Ohio. Then he joined the army, and after serving overseas in Afghanistan and Iraq for 13 years, he started to say, I, I hate all Muslims. That was his whole thing, right? Well, he comes back to uh, Walker County, Georgia is where he's from. And he became an honored official in the Georgia White Knights chapter of the KKK, which like, wow, the KKK, Lord have mercy. Um, so he met this guy in 2016 whose name is Arno Michaels. And Arno was actually a, uh, this skinhead, he's a part of the skinheads organization. And Arno had to unlearn these hateful tendencies. And he's volunteering now for this program called Parents for Peace, which is a nonprofit dedicated to protecting youngsters against racial ideologies and helping white nationalists let go of their dangerous stereotypes. So he just meets, I don't know how they met, but Christopher and Arno meet, right? And they have a friendship. And then all of a sudden, he's able to talk him out. Now, Chris now volunteers for Parents for Peace, and he spends the time trying to help youth and adults find the exact same transformation that he had found with empathy and kindness. And this is, listen to this. The hurt that I've caused and the hurt that the organizations that I used to take part in have caused this country or I can't allow it to happen anymore. Buckley says the genuine compassion and acceptance from the black and refugee communities turned his life around. If they'd have known me five years ago and know me now, like people change. You just have to give them the opportunity. We can all change, man. Everybody can change. So I don't try to judge people too far back on their past, right? It's like, oh, well, you did this so many years ago. We're all capable of making massive transformations in our lives. We are. And so I think it's just another another version of that right here. All right, now let's talk about Michelle Obama because she did something really cool today. It's this dad and this daughter that sing this really cool song. They just put a big smile on my face. Her caption was, I just love this. Cody and Daniel are so right. We are strong. Hashtag black joy. And I want to play a little bit of this song for you. Wait, did you sing it? Yeah. I love my black so much, so much. I love my black so much, so much. 
I love my black so much, so much. I love my black so much, so much. Say we are strong and we are powerful. Say we are strong and we are powerful. It's super cute. Go in the show notes and go see the video of Cody and Daniel. He just actually took a break from music to take care of his family during the coronavirus. So I'm sure this is a huge boost of confidence and following for him. It's it's cute. It's super cute. So the video is over in the show notes. And I think with my big breakthrough of just like not wanting to get hurt uh, today, and I, I guess I knew it was there the whole time, but just to hear it, like, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. Um, Chris Rock, though, we'll end today in the week with Chris Rock and talking about men and women and commitment and like what that looks like and why it's so, so terribly different. Women always ready to settle down. She, a woman going for a good date. She's like, why are we bullshitting? What are you waiting for? Men never ready to settle down. Men don't settle down. We surrender. All right, I'm married. All right. All right, damn. Okay. Just tell me the day before. I'll be there. All right, damn. No, eventually you gotta, every man gotta, especially men, you gotta settle down. You know why you gotta settle down eventually? When you decide to commit, you got to commit. You got to commit. Can't cheat. Wanna cheat? Can't cheat. <laughs> Dying to cheat? Can't cheat. Either can't wait to cheat. Can't cheat. She sometimes gotta go to rehab not to cheat. It's hard not to cheat. Women don't want to hear that shit. It's hard not to cheat. You know why it's hard not to cheat? Because women like men that are in relationships. Guys know what I'm talking about. When you were single, nobody was thinking about your ugly ass. <laughs> then your woman got a hold of you. She cut your hair, washed you down, gave you a lifesaver, wiped all the crust out your eyes. Now everybody want to fuck you. <laughs> The whole video is in the show notes, so go watch that and have yourself the best weekend ever. Thank you so much for giving us another episode of this show. Uh, I I was saying today, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was saying I've never felt more alive in creating content than I do right now. It's a a joy and a pleasure. And thank you to every certified fan that's supported this show. And even you just listen. I I appreciate you too. Don't forget, there's another episode today. The More Mama's Boy episode is going to be listed right after this one. So you want to keep rolling through and you can check out my friend Ellen, her crazy story of, of 2020 and Go love and support her, too. She's a good person, all right? I love you. I'll see you on Monday. Goodbye. Hey, Kramer. It's Amber in Atlanta. Um, I was calling to say I'm really proud of you for talking about your uh, plastic surgery. And um, I'm actually in a similar situation. I've lost 100 pounds. Um, I'm almost 41 years old. So no matter what I do, and I'm super active at this point, I work out at the gym, I train with a personal trainer, I do hot yoga, and for a living right now, I'm Instacarting in Georgia heat, so you can imagine that involves a lot of sweat. Um, but I've considered over the years getting the skin removal surgery because no matter what I do, no matter how hard I work, I'll never be able to get rid of that. Um, it's a similar thing, it's just a, it's a, you know, it's fatty tissue that just can't, especially the older you get, can't. Um, regain its elasticity and bounce back like it used to. So I've considered it, but I I don't know that I'll do it just because um, I suffer from the body dysmorphia as well. So it's just it's a it's a process. I'm really proud of you for sharing it, especially as a man, because not a lot of men talk about 
body image issues like women do. So kudos to you. Hi, Kramer. It's your loyal podcast listener, Leanne. So I'm, it's 7.30 in the morning. I'm out in the canyon hiking with my dog, Bentley, and I'm cracking up, like literally, I, whoever's out here could probably hear me just busting up because you guys are talking about mama's boys. It's just hilarious. I think there's a difference between a Steve Kramer mama's boy and a Steve Harvey mama's boy. I think the relationship that you have with Miss Nancy is built on like love and respect and you guys have super healthy boundaries. So you're good. Keep on being a mama's boy because it looks good on you. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever.